Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Hello and welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Now, our title for today's episode is Sales Tax Recovery, where oil and gas companies find the dollar. And joining me today are our two subject matter experts who are going to give us their insights and expertise here in this area. First, we have Meyer Nike. He is the senior manager in the Weaver State and Local Tax Practice. Meyer, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, Tyler. It is a pleasure having you on today, man. And we also have Shane Stewart. He's the partner in charge for all of state and local tax services, and he has a technical specialty in oil and gas. So he's the perfect guy to talk to here for this podcast. Shane, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me. Howdy, everyone. And thank you. Excellent. Well, guys, let's dive right in. For our listeners, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background, specifically your expertise in sales tax recovery for the ENP sector. Uh, Meyer, let's kick it to you first. So like you said, Tyler, I'm a senior manager at Weaver, and I'm actually also our uh, state and local energy industry leader. Um, I've been doing sales tax consulting and sales tax recovery work for 12 years now. I've had stints at Big Four and other regional firms. I've spent my entire career helping clients in this space, in the energy space, whether it be recovery efforts, audit defense, or just sales tax planning. So Shane, let me kick it to you now. Uh, give us a little bit of background on your uh, your expertise, your experience in this area, and uh, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure, Tyler. Yeah, so I'm the partner in charge of our state and local tax practice at Weaver, which encompasses uh, all, all state and local types of taxes. And we've got different uh, specific practices, uh, namely sales tax, and that's what we'll dive into. And that's actually uh, my focus and my te- uh, tax technical background and specialty area, um, and it's specific to the recovery of overpayments. Uh, but our practice also includes excise, excise taxes, fuel, motor fuels taxes, uh, property tax, and, and state income uh, and franchise tax. So we have several different service offerings within our uh, tax practice, which I lead. Uh, I could tell you between Meyer and myself, we've worked over the years for about a decade now, together. And we've recovered for our oil and gas clients over $250 million in sales tax uh, refunds. Our primary focus for the energy industry has has been in uh, for the upstream, midstream, and the refinery sector. And uh, partially also really focused on oil field service providers, because uh, there could be some really good refund opportunities for them as well. A little bit of a state background, uh, you know, any of those oil producing states, Meyer and I are experts in. Uh, namely Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, North Dakota, Pennsylvania. They, those states typically have some uh, significant opportunities for uh, overpayment recovery, and, and that, those are the states we specialize in. So thank you, Tyler. Well, that's fantastic, and that is quite a chunk of change, a quarter of a billion dollars uh, that you guys have saved, which is uh, which is incredible. And so um, love getting to hear about that and to hear a little bit more about your background. So uh, guys, let's start off just at the nuts and bolts and uh, at the most basic level. Tell us about sales tax. What is a sales tax and what is sales tax generally imposed on in the oil and gas industry? A sales tax is really a transactional tax. It is a tax that is typically imposed on the sale of tangible personal property, also known as TPP or services in a particular state. 
And so in respect to oil and gas industry, that could cover a lot of things. Uh, so you're looking at, and it's really dependent from state to state what they're going to tax. So it could be, you know, the casing, tubing, well services that a uh, MP producer are purchasing, um, construction activities, chemicals, software. Uh, and so it, it's just a wide breadth of items that can be taxed in this space. And that's what it takes someone looking at it to really understand where you should be paying sales tax and where you shouldn't be paying sales tax. Myra, hey, I just wanted to add in which is going to lead to the rest of this conversation is there is a broad range of items and, and expenditures that uh, are spent uh, to develop wells and in, in, every, in every state that are subject to the tax. But there are also a lot of ambiguity in the tax law. There's specific exemptions focused on specific types of items that could be taxable and not taxable. And, and really having that expertise and knowledge of what those types of purchases are used for and, and do, right, yeah, could lend to a possible uh, exemption and also a p- potential for an overpayment recovery. Uh, I thought you summed that up fairly well. Excellent. Thanks for that, guys. And uh, I think that was that was a really good summation and uh, a really good explanation of, of what this is and what we're discussing here today. So, um, Myra, what typically causes these businesses to overpay? You heard Shane mention, you know, overpayments. What causes them to overpay and why are there recovery opportunities in the first place? To me, there, there are a few reasons why there are overpayments. One, whenever these these companies are going out and drilling a bunch of wells they and things are just coming so fast that they just don't have the time and resources to dedicate to uh, identifying you know what are refunds and what are liabilities as these uh, bills are coming in and so the best thing for them to do at that time is if a vendor does charge them tax is to pay at that pay that at that time because if they, if you don't have the resources to spend time and you're just trying to operate your business it's better to pay it and then go recover it. Uh, second would be, you know, just a not completely understanding the sales tax statutes um, and what what each state offers, and and then I would say also that goes to why why overpayments occurs. The lastly is that sometimes your vendors just don't know what they are doing, and so they do the best thing for them to do is charge you tax, and so that creates an opportunity for where you have a recovery opportunity. That's a really good explanation. I just want to add a couple of points. I mean, let's let's paint a picture for it for the audience here, namely for the EMP and midstream side of things. You know, a lot of times EMP companies, midstream companies get funded with a, a significant capital commitment to build out an asset in a specific time period, right? To prove it out and increase its you know its worth and value, and then you know have an exit point in, in the future, three, four, five years down the line. But the management team running it typically could be anywhere from five to ten to fifteen people, not necessarily like a, you know, a Fortune five hundred company with tax departments all over the place, right? So they're they're really focused on developing the asset in, in a timely manner so that they can get a, a good return on their investment, right, for their investors. And so what that really does is it speeds up the uh, the need to deploy that capital, which just just inherently lends to errors occurring uh, because you just don't have the time, even if you had the resources to review all the transactions that you're going to need, all the purchases to determine if your taxability is correct or not correct, right? To capture uh, those savings, you know, in real time. 
so most most folks in this in, in the EMP midstream industry that are building out assets like that, right? They they're they're really focused on just getting the core asset to a value uh, in a timely manner, and uh, that that just lends to overpayments. So one of the things that Shane mentioned uh, just in, um, in in that introductory kind of a section of the podcast was uh, some of the states that you guys tend to do a lot of work in because there are recovery opportunities in those states. So that kind of leads me to the next question of uh, are, are there are the opportunities similar from state to state? And since we're in Texas, what are some specific recovery opportunities for our listeners that are here in Texas that are in the uh, in the Lone Star State? So uh, Meyer, what what can you uh, what can you say to kind of speak to that and um, and kind of talk to that aspect of whether or not the opportunities are similar from uh, from a state to state perspective. Yeah, so I, that's what makes our job very interesting is that you know the opportunities aren't similar from state to state. They are very, very, very different from state to state. And one state might exempt a certain piece of equipment, and another state won't. Uh, one state might exempt well services, and a certain state will tax all those well services. Or well services. Some states actually exempt everything at the well site and some states tax everything at the well site. So it's just, just from state to state, it is very, very, very different. In Texas, you know, where we see a lot of opportunities are with well services, chemicals, construction, uh, production equipment. So production equipment is what one would consider processing equipment. So something that causes a chemical or physical change to the product that's ultimately being sold, so that being gas or oil. So we're talking about separators, heater treaters, dehydrators um, would be something that's considered production equipment. So at, at a very high level, those are some of the high are some of the spend areas or categories for recovering these index. Yeah, Meyer. I mean, what's the most significant spend area? There's the, the top three. I think one is what completing the well. And the downhole services to to develop that well. Uh, a lot of those services, right? They, you know, depending on when they're performed, could be taxable or non-taxable. And so, since the dollar amounts are so significant for that, you can understand that the refund opportunity can get rather material quickly if uh, if the vendor is charging tax incorrectly. So, yeah, good job explaining the the state to state. Because no state's the same, especially in this industry. You know, Texas is probably one of the most favorable states for the oil and gas industry. Uh, no coincidence, no surprise, right? And then, you know, Mario, you didn't mention, but like some of the states have a have a completely different taxing structure to their code that lend to uh, ev- almost everything being taxable, like New Mexico. But there is savings opportunities in New Mexico. Uh, it's just not as favorable as a state like Texas. So, thank you, Mario. That's a really interesting point that you you bring up there, Shane. And I, I want to go just off script just here real quick and, and ask just what kind of work goes on behind the scenes to keep up with different, um, I guess, regulations and different um, codes and things like that, that that are going to happen from state to state. If Texas is understandably friendly, then there are going to be states that aren't as friendly, I'm guessing. And so there has to be some legwork that goes in kind of behind the scenes to make sure that you guys keep up with all of the different um, differences between states, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll let Meyer explain what he does uh, on a regular basis in our team. We actually have quite a large team that really assists Meyer with most of these projects. But 
a lot of exemptions, a lot of the statutes and laws out there, a lot of the regulations in each of the different states uh, are challenged frequently by the oil and gas industry and folks like myself and, and Meyer and, and our legal teams that we in, end up using if we have to. There's a lot of firms out there that specialize in this as well. And so when there's amb- ambiguity in the law or the regulations, um, you, you can bet it's going to get challenged. So we're always tracking court cases, uh, new legislation, uh, the legislative cycles in each of the states that we really focus on. So I hope that helps paint a picture for you. We're always keeping track of what the current statutes and regulations state and, and always monitoring what else is happening. Are new bills being introduced in a specific t- state to change or recommend a new change, uh, certain court cases. I and mean, a few, few, maybe four or five years ago, there was a huge case in Texas where a taxpayer challenged the state on what, you know, a pretty big issue that was going to cost the state of Texas billions and billions of dollars. And we were, we were, you know, tracking that throughout the entire thing because it really would have changed how certain pieces of uh, equipment would have been taxed in in this space. And so it's really just monitoring anything and everything on on a regular basis. Uh, One other thing that we do is this community of uh, professionals who specialize in oil and gas uh, sales tax recovery work is not not large. I mean, there's not a lot of professionals out there who are really good at this. And so, and we really keep our ear to the ground with regards to connecting with our peers in the industry because there's a lot of things that we share from like techniques. Sometimes the opportunities we don't share if it's brand new, but we, we always try to help out best practices for, you know, for audits, how to present certain information, how to, how to just be more successful at recovering overpayments for, for your clients. So speaking of those overpayments, if a business thinks overpayment has occurred, can they get a refund? I'm guessing the answer to that is yes. So tell me a little bit about how the process for that works. How can they get that refund? So the process is very different from state to state. In New Mexico, you have to go through your vendor because like Shane mentioned earlier, New Mexico is a gross receipts tax state. So they're the ones who actually are paying that tax. So you have to convince them to file a claim on your behalf. Um, in Texas, so if you're a registered taxpayer, you can go directly to the state and file a refund claim. But if you're not registered, which a lot of these EMP companies aren't because what they end up selling is not subject to sales tax. So they just don't get registered, although they probably should, but they aren't. The state of Texas still gives them an opportunity to recover that tax or file a refund claim, but their process is a little different. They have to go get a what's a form called a refund assignment form signed by their vendor and Mm -hmm. get them to execute it. And what that form says is that this vendor charged tax on these specific transactions and remitted this sales tax to the state of Texas. So the vendor executes that, returns it to the purchaser. And then when the purchaser files that refund claim, they provide that with their assignment form. And, you know, so it's just another hurdle that you have to go through to get those forms. Um, and you know, sometimes we've we've ended up in cases where a business has gone out of state or gone out of business, and you've lost your right and ability to recover that tax. And so that's why it's really important to get registered, regardless of what you're selling, especially if you have a home base in that state, because you can then go directly to the state to to file a refund claim. Yeah. So uh, I guess what I'm hearing, Meyer, is you're saying you make our lives a little bit easier. EMP companies, operators, <laughs> midstream companies, you know, 
so that we could be more successful in recovering overpayments by not having to deal with your vendors who may or may not even be around anymore by getting a sales tax permit, even if you don't sell anything that's taxable. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, like any time a vendor, if you're asking a vendor for a refund assignment form, even though it's just saying that they charge the tax and remit it to the state, they think that, that they're going to get audited, which they're not. You're, you're making a great point, though. You really are. Uh, <laughs> because one, any company that operates uh, any you know for profit, any uh, not exempt entity uh, that operates, at least in Texas, right, it should be. Uh, getting a sales tax permit. You know, you're doing business in the state of Texas. You, you may not sell anything that's taxable, but the rule is that you're supposed to get a permit. And what that does is just offers you a lot more benefits than it does negative consequences. It's just it's really only beneficial, and it's an easy thing to do. I really appreciate how complimentary you guys are of one another. It makes for a, it makes for just a, a really good podcast experience. So, um, so Meyer, how far back on the calendar can companies go to get a refund? Again, depending on state, uh, you can go back four years. Um, and the lowest I've seen is two years in Oklahoma, which is kind of interesting because Oklahoma, they can go back three years if you get audited. But if you want to file a refund claim, you can only go back two years. So it, it really ranges between two to four years, state by state. So we've talked a lot about what to do when you have overpaid, right? You know, what causes them, how you can get um, a refund, the process that that takes. What about just being proactive to prevent overpayments? How can you or can you even prevent overpayments in the first place? No, it, it just takes planning and understanding what you're purchasing in, in a particular state. And so just getting a good understanding of what you're purchasing, what the sales tax rules are and you know, go, so if you believe something's, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of money on a particular product or item, it's, it's worth doing that due diligence up front and planning up front to see if you can, if there are any exemption opportunities. And in that instance, you can then let your vendor know, hey, I believe what I'm purchasing is exempt and uh, I want to give you an exemption certificate so you don't have to charge me tax. And so to prevent overpayments really is just studying the law. Um, maybe talking to consultants, uh, maybe even calling the state and asking them questions is, is another way. And so to understand what you're purchasing and then you know, prevent those overpayments. I can tell our audience that that's probably one of the best ways that they can get themselves educated and get on the right track from a compliance standpoint going forward is by having a refund review performed because of the knowledge that is learned by both parties, by the consultants and by the, our clients. Um, and, you know, frankly, for, for our clients, something we add, and I think a lot of folks do this as well, is like we also add a, a, some, a training for, for our clients' personnel, you know, because we, we want our clients to, we don't want them to be experts at this because it takes years and years. And it's a lot of effort and it's just costly to have an in-house expert. But what we do want is to get you guys comfortable, get our, get our clients comfortable enough to capture you know, at least any of the material uh, sales tax overpayments before they go out the door on, on purchases by, you know, educating. So we could you know, spend spending, you know, several hours with your team, your your engineers, your, your purchasing team, uh, and, and maybe any accounts payable or your controller to really set up a, a program, uh, a periodic program, whether it's monthly, quarterly, to identify and review material transactions based on whatever threshold. And in that 
what you'll be doing in that manner is capturing any potential overpayments before they occur. So it, it, it might not get you every single penny back, but it will, it will save you a lot of money, especially on consulting fees uh, for any future reviews. But I do recommend you get a review because there's a lot, uh, that, a lot that you can learn from it. And it really pays for itself because it's usually performed on a contingency fee basis and paid by your overpaid sales taxes you already pay. And it, and it sounds to me, Shane, like part of what you said was EMP companies, you know, you guys do the things that you do and you do it well. Let us help you with the things that, that you might not have as much expertise in, right? Because, um, you know, this is where you guys obviously have a lot of knowledge, have a lot of expertise. And so you want those those companies to be freed up to not have to try to be experts in something that they're not experts in, right? And so, you know, bringing in people like yourselves that, that do have expertise in this particular area really frees them up to do the other things that they do. You're absolutely right. I think but what we also want to add is educating, you know, or at least our point of contact enough so that they feel confident in, in real time, you know, before they overpay it to e- either ask the question to someone mm-hmm. who is an expert um, who may just spend 15 minutes and tell you what that answer is, right? Or you already know it because you've seen that before based on a prior view or through prior training. You won't learn in capture. Like I said, you won't capture every penny. It's just too too much work to do. But you can capture a huge portion of any of your overpayments if you just spend a little bit of time educating yourself. So, Meyer, one of the things that you mentioned was that you, you file a refund claim with the state and it's reviewed by an auditor. Do you have any tips on working with auditors and, and how that whole process goes? You know, in my experience, most auditors are very reasonable. And so really in working with auditors, just having a lot of your refund claim and documentation prepped up front, that's going to speed up things. It's going to be easier to work with the auditor. Uh, some of the things that they typically ask for um, are going to be your refund invoices, check copies, certain data downloads. So just having everything ready to go prior to them really asking for it or right when they ask for it, you could give it to them right away. And then if if you have you know, construction related refund items, having those contracts, you know, if you're if you're at an oil and gas lease site, having those RRC railroad commission reports or any reports that show completion dates and lease site schematics, what are the chemical data sheets, whatever it may be. So just having a lot of that information readily available to provide to the auditor when they ask for it. Excellent. Well, this this kind of takes us into uh, our last portion of the podcast today. And, and, and the question is, when overpayment has occurred, what are your recommendations to remediate the situation and recoup those funds? So we talked about filing a claim. Uh, that, that's definitely one way that you could do that um, to filing a claim with the state and also potentially filing a claim with your vendor. And then what you want to do is after you file that claim and these items get approved, you want to understand where you're overpayments were and fix fix that fix those areas uh whether it be contacting those vendors providing with them exemption certificate or having a process in place to look at those items on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis whatever it may be just so that you're not continuing to overpay after you've filed a refund claim well, guys, is there anything that we haven't covered yet? Anything that we've missed here as we talk about um, 
as, as we talk about sales tax as it relates to EMP companies uh, here today, is there anything we've missed uh, that we want to cover? Anything, uh, anything else you want to say, maybe even just as a summary statement or anything along those lines before we wrap up this episode? Yeah. I mean, so as we've discussed, you know, it, it's easily you can see that every state is just so different and laws and statutes are just so different. If you want to minimize your overpayments or if you want to re- have someone look at look at recovering sales tax for you, uh, it would be a good idea just because in this industry, the tendency is to overpay and there are definitely dollars left on the table. And so it's always a good idea to have someone look at that. And I would just add to what Meyer said, we offer these types of services typically on a percentage of savings basis. So it doesn't cost our clients to, to have us do a perform a review and file refund claims, anything until they receive their refund checks. Basically, you would be paying us out of money that we recover for you. And, and, and all, the entire time that we're seeking that recovery, you don't owe us anything. So it doesn't hurt to have someone, if you haven't had anybody come uh, perform a review to see if there's any overpayments or savings available, you should consider it because it, it, it is a very uh, time well spent, I guess. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. Excellent point um, there to, to, to wrap up with Shane. So, um, Meyer, Shane, are there ways that people can get in touch with you if, if they're listening to the podcast and they think, you know what, these guys know what they're talking about. We should uh, we should reach out and uh, and do what Shane said. And, you know, it doesn't doesn't cost you anything to, to look into it. How should people reach out? How can people get more information? Sure. Well, you could reach out to us uh, either by going to weaver.com, uh, visiting our state local tax services page. My contact information and bio is is all there with but with my partner David Jackson. Meyer Nike, if you need to reach Meyer Nike, I'm sure he could provide his email address. But uh, if you reach out to me, um, you'll get someone on our staff, if not myself. Um, I'm I'm always posting things on LinkedIn. I'm, I, I use that all the time. I probably see a lot of articles in the oil and gas industry coming from me. So if you're on LinkedIn, you can search Shane Stewart, and you'll find me there too. So look at hear, hearing from anyone who wants to discuss further. Excellent. That is Meyer Nike and Shane Stewart from Weaver. Like he's, uh, like Shane said, if you, if you look him up on LinkedIn, really, really easy to find. Um, and there's a lot more uh, expertise, thought leadership, and ways to get in touch with both of these guys there, as well as hitting up the Weaver website, checking out uh, the section like uh, like Shane mentioned. And uh, and there you can find more information. So Meyer and Shane, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Excellent. And everyone, thank you so much to our listening audience for joining us for this episode. I hope you found it as informative and educational as I did. Of course, like I said, make sure to reach out to these guys. If you have any further questions, if you want to get more information, make sure to reach out, get that information and get the uh, the expertise that you need here on these topics. And we will be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. If you're not already subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you go subscribe to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership from Weaver. And we'll see you again soon on the next episode. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.